So yeah. everything pays rent. Everything in your life pays rent. So it pays rent in necessity or pleasure. Like if you take up a whole bunch of space on a shelf for things that aren't selling, none of those are paying its rent. What do I mean by rent? You're paying for square footage on the building. You know, happiness is one of the free things that we get in life. It doesn't have to cost anything. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Hello, all you crazy happy people out there. This is Amy Dix with Choose Happy. And today we are unlocking happiness with, I want to say like one of my favorite people in the world, but yet we've never met. But every time we chat, I feel like we can talk forever. (laughs) So uh, Super Joe Pardo is on the show today. And I want to give you a little bit of background about Super Joe. So Super Joe is a profit strategist and he brings a series of strategy, application, and execution planning to every entrepreneur, team, or business that he works with. Founder of the Super Joe Pardo Show and the Independent Creator Conference, as well as the Super Entrepreneur event, Joe focuses on putting the right methods into best practices in order to bring about personalized solutions for each client. You know, that is a very well-written bio, but I'm just going to consolidate this for a moment. If you are listening and you are in a position where you can work with Joe, I'm telling you, this one will not be a regret. Super Joe, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Super Amy. It is (laughs) an absolute pleasure to be here. We do need to get together more often. I think the last time we talked was like a month and a half or something like that ago, because we could talk all day and we, (laughs) we should do that. We should do that. We really should. We randomly got connected through one of my other shows called the happy uh, entrepreneur, happy. Now I'm stealing all your uh, words. The happy <laughs> event planner. Although the happy entrepreneur sounds like it could be a pretty cool show. I, yeah, it is. Uh, oh man, I don't. I don't know if I can take on another show. But uh, it, through the happy event planner, and we talked about your indie conference, which is the independent podcast and creators conference. So I'll let the listeners go to YouTube uh, on that one if they want to hear all about that event. But so random. And then we just uh, we just started talking and then we connected again. And here we are connecting again. And instead of the happy entrepreneur, today we are talking about unlocking happiness. Yes. I, you know, happiness is one of the free things that we get, you know, can get in life. It doesn't have to cost anything to be happy. Yes. I Sometimes love- it does. Sometimes, but uh, you know, sure. I would say it's like a 50-50 split, but I think it's it's you <laughs> you get what you make of it, right? And yes. and that is the important thing of like understanding yourself. 
in that yeah, process. It, for sure. And I think like when we make that decision every single day, like it doesn't cost us anything to make the decision, right? It doesn't cost mm-hmm. us anything to change like our mindset. And so um, I think I think the way you said that was actually really good. Oh, thank and, you. <laughs> yeah. And I want to talk, you, I'm smiling, like my cheeks are already her from smiling. <laughs> We've only talked for just a little bit here. But I, I want to, and I know we, we talked about it on the Happy Event Player, but I want to talk about it here for the listeners about the super Joe story, because it is one of my favorite, like little stories uh, of not little, one of my favorite big, big stories <laughs> <laughs> about how somebody gets a nickname. So tell us, how did you get the name super Joe? Yeah. Uh, so a good friend of mine, uh, who's like a, a brother to me, he's uh, quite a bit older than me. We met in grade school. Over the years, we've been tight as anything. And at one point, he was working in my family's business. He actually was the uh, the purchaser and I shared an office with him. So you got I got to share an office with my best friend, which I love you, Matt, but it wasn't, uh, you know, <laughs> that we had our days, right? It was uh, some good days, some bad days. We have outside influences and affect different things. But I was going through a really tough time. It was like 2006 with a girl, with some girl problems. And I come, I, I leave out for a vacation. I come back and there's this piece of paper on my desk of a drawing. You go to my website. If you go to superjoeparo.com slash about, you can see the drawing. He drew it and left it on my desk. And it says Super Joe on it. And, you know, I, I asked, I said, like, why, why this? Right. And, you know, his answer, you can actually read right there on the site. Cause I asked him to, so I could get a quote because it was, I, I didn't want to sum- like summarize it, but I try to do the best that I can and bring the best out of other people that I'm surrounded with. And I want the best for everybody. You know, I I, I, like, I really do. Like, what can we do to bring the super out of other people? And I, and I just, I really truly believe that like anything that we put our minds to, like we can accomplish it. And sometimes it takes more people. Sometimes it takes a bunch of failures to get there, to like learn a bunch of lessons that we didn't know. We didn't know what we didn't know. And we might not even realize it in the in that context of like we just failed, but in time there will be another project in front of us. There'll be something else in front of us, and those failures or those well lessons, is really what they are, will come in handy. And we just we just don't know what what's meant for us just yet. That's really the the whole super part of the super Joe part. It's not about me being awesome or great or the strongest or the most fit because I'm definitely not. I mean, I, I'm I'm working out, but I, I'm definitely. <laughs> Not back to where I was, you know, 10 years ago, pre-kids or pre, as everyone says, pre-COVID, but pre-kids in this case. Uh, but, you know, like it's all about, do, you know, doing the best that you can and raising up the people around you. Yeah. Let's talk about little Super Joe. Little Super Joe as a child. Yes. What was little Super Joe like as a child? So it depends how far back you go. I, apparently, I was very rambunctious pre my parents getting divorced. I was not a great listener. I like I knew what I wanted. Like I wanted to spend time at my grandparents' house, and and some of that, you know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday while I was cutting the lawn, actually, and we don't have a lot of control over those types of things, like what our parents did, the decisions that they made, and like you know, that a lot of that plays in the luck. Like we could have been born to anybody in any situation. Even as a kid, I used to think like, man, what if I was born to like a really poor family? Like I see in the movies, like living in an alleyway or something like, holy crap, like that would be so different. Like, you know, from where, what I grew up in. And, but even once the, the earliest thing I can remember wanting to be when I was, is was six years old. I actually cried on my grandparents' floor because 
you know, I was like, I'm the only boy, you know, I only had a sister and I had no cousins on that side of the family at all. So I'm like, I'm going to be expected to like take over this family business. And, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a child psychologist at the age of six so I could help other kids go into divorce like I was. So when I found out later on in life that yeah. you had to go to school for like 10 years, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not really all <laughs> into the, the school thing. I don't know that that's for me. But the thing is, is that that spark of wanting to help other people, wanting to help other kids specifically actually helped like way later down the road when I ended up writing books, you know, first book and it's first and second book and going and speaking at schools and speaking at events mm -hmm. where there's kid entrepreneurs and, and things like that. Like those are the kinds of things that's like, it's been ingrained in me since I was a kid to want to help other kids. Like, cause I know what it's like to go through really crappy situations, you know, and my situations weren't even the crappiest. I, I mean, you know, I've, I've worked in situations, worked with other, other youth, that have had way worse situations than I have. And I'm grateful for the for the fact that I didn't necessarily have to go through that, but I'm also grateful for the opportunity to be able to be there to help support those youth in their journey where they are and where they want to go. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, like that speaks right to the kid of uh, in me, right? As I got older, I ultimately I wanted to be a DJ. I actually have my DJ equipment right here next to me on this this higher table. <laughs> and you know, so I got to do that when I was about 18, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, then decide, you know, the club life wasn't really for me. And I wasn't, you know, I was okay, but I wasn't great. I wasn't like some of my idols as far as DJing. And I didn't want to get into producing. So that wasn't going to be a path for me. But it's just really important, I think, for people to always look back. And, and I've asked this question in my shows over the years, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, when you look back at the at the earliest things that you wanted to be there, you might not be that police officer, you might not be that, you know, NASA rocket scientist or whatever. But there's a portion of that that's inside of you now mm. of, of likely if you're a happy person of what you're doing now, right? right? You know, some form of that is there. And in my case, it was helping people. And I help I've worked with kids, I've worked with, you know, young entrepreneurs, and I get to help them. But I also get to help people in the sense that I work with business owners and businesses, right? So then those businesses have an impact on their communities, and their employees, their team members, and expanding the, to their families and making sure that they all get to have food and, and have clothes and have a, you know, a decent life. So it's that goes back to something that my my dad told me once, because I remember telling him like, hey, you know, I don't I don't want to be here. I want to I want to go do this other things. I want to help people. And his answer was, but you know, working in the trucking industry, selling parts does help people, right? Everything gets touched by a truck. So by making sure that we have the right parts, that means that the truck drivers can get back on the, you know, the mechanics can have something to put on. And it's all part of the the circle of life, if you will. And I'm like, <laughs> that's cool. But you know, it, sometimes it's hard to see all that in the weeds when you're so close to the situation. Mm, well, I think it's perception a little bit, right? Like, how you perceive what it is that that your family business was doing. So I want to talk about the family business. And I want to go back a little bit to a comment that you made that I found to be somewhat interesting. 
He said, apparently I was rambunctious before my parents got divorced. Okay, I want to break that down. One, you remind me of nothing of rambunctiousness in a negative way. You remind me of rambunctiousness in like a fun way (laughs) with a lot of energy. The other part of that, though, is you said before my parents divorce. And so how does that play into it? Like, is it because there was chaos at home and therefore you took on the chaos? And then once they got divorced, that was peaceful or kind of break that down for us. I was actually a lot more chaos. After? (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, phone calls to police and things like that that happened over the years after they got divorced. But it was just one of those things where it's like I, for whatever reason, like I wouldn't listen to my mom, like apparently. I mean, there's videos of me getting in my like mom's face at last, like a three, four, five-year-old and like yelling and screaming. And of course, I was more scared of my dad, which I, I think um, has played into a role, not to get too sidetracked, but like has played in a role is the how I try to handle my kids now with with my wife and how you know, there's a lot of times where I'll I'll just sit back and let her handle it, even if I'm sitting right there. Like, I won't try to interrupt her to like, because I don't want to be the, you know, the only thing that they have, like they fear, right? It's like mm. Santa Claus and then dad and, and <laughs> you know, and then mom's like kind of down here. and But, you know, and I specifically go out of my way to challenge her too to say like, you got to be more, more strict. You know, you got to, you got to actually uphold what you're threatening here and, and those kind of things. So you can't just like push and push and push until it's like, okay, well, now they're just out of control. Dad has to come in because I don't, you know, I want them to respect her as much as they respect me. Right. So it's like, it's, it's all about trying to play that position through the, like, it's a geopolitical mess. I think we, for the most part, we've handled it pretty well and done pretty well with the kids. But, and I'll tell you, anything that you say to a kid could be that thing. So I come from a place of, I don't want to say a photographic memory, but it's more like a videographic memory. Mm. In my mind, like, and I've done this with my friends. My one friend uh, sent me some pictures and it's like, oh, these pictures are from 18 years ago or something like that. And I was like, it's like, hey, Rick, what games were we playing at that LAN party at your house? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like that was 18 years ago. I'm like, it was Command and Conquer Generals. I was like, we went to this place to eat. Like I can remember the whole thing. Yeah. And it, But the problem with me is, is it, it, and I just recently admitted this to my wife and started to admit it to other people that in my mind, like the past is constantly playing. It's like mm. as if I'm in a movie theater and it's just like every little thing reminds me of something but it's all the time. So is there one thing that like plays out constantly for you that you don't want to play out, but it does? I wouldn't say one. I would say there's a lot. <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot. of that. Even if I was just talking, like there is a, a flood of things that just constantly like come come to mind. I think sometimes I for myself, <laughs> uh, it's like I choose what I, I choose what I want to remember. Like I joke that I don't remember anything because Really, if it's not important, I don't hold it in my memory because I've got a lot of stuff going on, right? So that I choose that. So for you, it doesn't sound like, though, that's the case. Now, ask me to remember people's names. Now, that (laughs) that is a difficult thing. But the interactions, right? How they make me feel, how... The, how they dress or how they have their hair. Like like when you go to a conference or something, you see the same yeah. person like 
the first day and you hang out with them the whole day and then you see them the next day, they got our hair in a different way and yeah. they're wearing a different skirt or a different dress <laughs> yeah. or different day, whatever. And yeah. you're like, who the hell is this person? I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I couldn't pick this person out of a crowd. <laughs> How do you feel like these, I guess, not visions, but how, how do you feel like that they have blocked your happiness over time? It absolutely has because of the fact that, you know, some of the bad things that have happened over the years, like second guessing, like reanalyzing, like, what did I say? How did I say it? Like, I don't, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't know how to turn it off. You know, I don't know how to get out of the movie theater thing, yeah you know like, <laughs> i love that analogy by the way well you know what that's you know what great. that's a, i think it's i think i wonder if that's if that comes from the simpsons because i remember when i was growing up like even as a five six-year-old i was watching the simpsons like with my dad on the couch yeah so and at the end of each one they do this scene at the end of every simpsons episode for the whatever production company or whatever and yeah so i wonder if that whole mindset comes from from that I think there's people listening who will be able to connect with this. And you said something also earlier that that reminded me of this lady that we had on the show who was she's got a a show on Amazon Prime. Essentially, she's I'm going to say a ghost hunter. And one of the things that she said, (laughs) it's not about ghosts, but one of the things, (laughs) unless somehow you're going to tell me it's about ghosts, but um, I don't know, maybe you've got something there, too. But. One of the things that she said was uh, when we experience certain things or we remember certain things or we dream certain things, sometimes it's not so much about the actual event, but it's how it makes you feel. And Mm. you had made a comment in there that reminded me when she'd said that. And I took a note of it because I thought that was really good advice for a lot of people in a lot of different scenarios. So it might not just be about what that event actually was or how it played out, but it might be about how that made you feel in that moment. I actually have never drank or got drunk ever or been like incapable of handling my facilities, I'll say. Okay. Right. And well, part but- of that reason is because I I so I always say like I like to be in control of my situation. Not everybody's situation, but like my situation. Mm-hmm. And I wonder it's getting me wondering now, like, is that is that part of it? Is that part of it? Is that me wanting to be able to remember things subconscious, oh. like subconsciously wanting to remember these these things? Because right. I like I really don't want to remember all this stuff. Like, I kind of wish I could let some of this stuff go some, if not all of it go and yeah. like kind of just like I, I envy people who just like move forward in life and not be analyzing over mm-hmm. and over and over again. It's and it's not just like traumatic situation like i said like i remember like a land party like it wasn't it wasn't even uh, um, a really memorable one for for that matter i think this is something you should explore i think uh <laughs> uh with somebody who is far more advanced than myself but uh i think it's a gift i actually think it's really cool and maybe it just needs to be channeled in the right way, not that you're channeling it in a negative I don't know. way. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, it's I not negative. It's just no, it's just it's just nonstop. Yeah, like you know, I'll tell you, before I had kids, I couldn't go to sleep. Like I had trouble going to sleep most most 
all the every night yeah because i couldn't turn my brain off it just would not stop now that i, have kids, I, like, that. I just get to the point where i'm so exhausted, exhausted. from everything <laughs> i got going on it's just like you know it's it's a lot easier now than it ever has been yeah. in my life to go to sleep uh that's so interesting wow maybe that's your next book Maybe your next book is on this and uh, the it's power like that it gives. The gift going deep have. into it. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really be on brand with the whole like entrepreneur, business owner, profit making, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But but it's the truth. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just a thing. I don't I don't know. Well, I don't I'll say this, though. I don't know. Why couldn't it be into the entrepreneurial world? Like, I have a feeling and again, we've never met. We've only talked a couple of times. Yes, you keep saying haven't met, but you have you're right. Yet. In, in person, in person. We will, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't met yet. There you go. Yeah, perfect. I think you're similar in the fact, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that your your brain doesn't shut off, but your business brain doesn't shut off either. Like you have no. a million business ideas. Am I right? Uh, yeah. So like, yeah. But it, so I'll tell you this, like I <laughs> am always studying. I'm always researching. Yeah. Um, like I, I went to two concerts in the last three weeks okay. because we were able to get out. And I went to a Guns N' Roses concert in New York and I went to the Green Day, Fall Out Boy and Weezer <laughs> tour uh, show okay. here in Philly. I like, I like. Okay. I cannot not study what's going like I like I can't just enjoy the music I'm studying what are they doing how are they doing it what's the you know what is the lighting doing what is what's on the screens why is what's on the screens on the screens like how is yes. the crowd reacting how all of these things you know and the, and the DJ mind to me is like oh what is you know what is the sound guy doing why is you know why is it sounding the way it's like I can't turn that off yes just like in business I can't turn off like walking into a, a to any business and saying you know why is it why why is your sign look like crap when are you going to get it replaced <laughs> Like, seriously, right. it doesn't cost that much money to replace a sign. And it says so much about you, you know, and, and then and in turn about me for going there, you know, because you can't even get a sign like one of the signs around here says cleaners, but the E is like scrubbed off. So it's like cliff banners, <laughs> cliff banners or something like that. Uh, and like to fix the sign, fix the fix sign, the fix the sign, fix your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I get like landscaping and stuff gets expensive and, and people are on different schedules. So it's not always going to look perfect or whatever, but a sign is there today. It's there tomorrow. It's there the next day. It's there. <laughs> what can they do better at laying those out? I don't know. I'm trying to think of some examples off the top of my head that just, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I think those are great. I think, um, I can relate to that it, very much so when it comes to business. Always, always. Like my business brain is always on. I always have a million ideas and so do you. And, you know, this is why people like yourself have written four books. And you, because you constantly have ideas. And I actually want to go through the books before we run out of time because, hey, okay. So was this your first one, I Self-Empower? No, that was the third one. The first one was uh, the 31 life-changing concepts. 31 life-changing, okay, Joe Pardo's 31 life-changing concepts. Okay, I want one of them. Give me one. one uh, so yeah. everything pays rent. Everything in your life pays rent. So it pays rent in uh, in necessity or pleasure. When you apply that to business, because it's not, it's a self-development book, but a lot of it can apply to business as well. The everything pays rent comes from, like if you take up a whole bunch of space 
on a shelf for things that aren't selling, none of those are paying its rent. What do I mean by rent? You're paying for square footage on the building. Like literally, like you could break it down, break it down to just that alone. I mean, there's so many other ways to slice it, but like just the square footage that that item or that thing is taking up is costing rent. And if it's not paying its rent, as in it's not flying off the shelf, then maybe you should buy less of that thing. Maybe have less of those big, you know, we have a couch in our showroom. Cool. Does anybody actually sit on the couch? I mean, actually sit on the couch, like <laughs> stick a camera out, you know, and, and then you have it so that like you draw a box in the camera and say like, OK, when there's somebody that actually sits in that couch, I want to know the notification so I can actually see. Oh, wow. Only like four people ever actually sit in that couch a month. Yeah. Maybe that couch isn't paying its ranks. It takes up a whole lot of space. Maybe you could get a smaller chair, right? Or move it somewhere else so that it, you could expand the things that actually are being used, actually are selling, that are paying its rent. So it doesn't so, just have to be in items. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to move it to the per to personal life for a moment. So everything also is paying rent in your personal life. Like maybe um, I would say like everything is paying rent towards your happiness. So if something is in mm -hmm. your house, Right. And uh, it doesn't make you happy or it's broken. And every time you look at it, you're like, oh, I really need to fix that or whatever. It's not paying your rent towards your happiness. Right. Yep. So mm -hmm. uh, I really like that. I like I'm happy that's the one that you chose. OK, so that oh, was you. your that was your first book, Joe yes. Pardo's 31 Life Changing Concepts. Uh, I'm going to take a guess. Can I take a guess? Or your yes. second one? What? Dream big and win. Yes. How to that's dream big one? and win. Yep. That was okay, the second how to one. Dream, how to dream big and win. Uh, and then the third one, we uh, went from hand drawings to digital on the third one for the cover. <laughs> I yes. self-empower. I really like, I, I love the, what do I want to say? The funness? That's not really, I don't know if that's a word of the first two, uh, the way that they, the, the look and feel of them. Okay. And then I self-empower. What's I self-empower? So I self-empower. Uh, so it was a dream I had uh, because I was watching, uh, there was, was a, uh, well, there's a documentary about Banksy. Uh, if you're familiar with Banksy, if you're not, go look him up. He does all like the impressionist artwork where it's like the same image in different colors, like over and over and over again. And, uh, and it was, so I go, I, I was watching that. I go to sleep and like not even 20 minutes later, I like I open my eyes or 20, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later, I open my eyes and was like, what if I did that with words? So I was like, OK, let me write some self-affirmations. And so I wrote, I don't know, a like a couple of them that night. The next day I woke up, wrote like 70 of them out. And then I wrote, uh, ultimately, it's like 160 of them. And what I did was I took those and each page is that self affirmation. So like, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Um, or I, you know, I love to smile. I love to smile. I love to smile. And then what I did was I actually used it as a um, canvas. Mm -hmm. So I wrote messages in the book using the inverse color. So if it's black text on white, I, I went and I used like my mouse and, and it took a it, it took a lot of time, but it wasn't that much time uh, to write words, letters, a letter on each page. Like if it was like, say it was uh, an S, mm -hmm. I took and I wrote out the letter S in the inverse. Like I changed, like I flipped the color. So it's white right. text on black background on right. each page. Now, some letters are harder to read than others and they do spell out messages. I don't remember off the top of my head what all the, like what the messages are, but there's, there's cryptic messages in it and no one has been able to tell me just yet. And some of the letters are a little 
more obscure than others yeah. to kind of make it not so easy and obvious because I'm not, I usually don't like the whole pandering thing of like, yeah. oh, we, we <laughs> hid messages in it. But we made it really easy for right, you right, to right, do. Right, like, right, right. You know, uh, sounds like for this one, you're going to, for the listeners, you're going to have to go and get it and uh, see if they can't decode it. And then, <laughs> because now I feel like it's just a challenge to do it. Okay. And then your last one, or I shouldn't say your last one. I'm sorry. There's more books in you. I oh, know there's definitely that's more. True. Yeah. So not, there, is there enough time? Is the that's right. <laughs> I feel you on that one too. Uh, so your latest one is sales won't save your business. And right there. there it is. Man, it looks great. Great cover. Thank you. Thank Look you. that. It took yes. a while to figure this out because yes. I, I had it in my mind what I wanted to do, but every time we did it, it just didn't look right. Like it, it you know, at one point it looked like graffiti or blood uh, or, yeah, yeah. you know, so I was like, it's gotta be like a stamp. Like, and this yeah. the idea this is like, this is a commandment that, you know, sales will save your business because people really want to believe that that's, that's the case, right? If right. sales cures all, I mean, you hear Mark Cuban yeah. say it all the time on, on right. Shark Tank, but bad sales <laughs> will not help your business. If you are losing money on every right. sale that without even knowing it in some cases, right? If you didn't know all of your numbers, if your numbers in your system happen to be wrong for some reason, you know, one reason or not. Yeah, it's easy to make sure it's right when you sell one item, you know, you have one item in your store. But when you start talking about, you know, I have a, a hundred items, a thousand items, 10,000 items, a hundred thousand items, a million items. Yeah keeping track of all those different prices and as those prices are changing is will literally cripple your business. If you're like, oh, I make, you know, 33%, but then, you know, the price goes up and now I, it, you know, it didn't, or or the person made a mistake on the part and it took a while for us to catch it, you know, things like that add up real quick. And then yeah. it's like, oh, we'll just sell more. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. And sales won't save your business if you're always spending way more than you should be, <laughs> right? If you're outselling, the there's a great, I mean, I'm not a big um, two and a half men fan, but there's that, there is that one scene with the, the accountant talking to Charlie about like, look, this is, you know, most people, this is a cup and this is most people's like money. And, you know, they have like one or two holes poked in the bottom of the cup and like money falls out, right? Yeah. Yours is like, he's just like cutting the whole thing out. He's like, this is your cup. You know, it's completely, there's, there is no holes. It is a yeah. hole. And yeah. you're just bleeding it dry. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. One last question. Yes. And it's a question that I ask all my guests. And it's a two-part question. The first part of this question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what okay. would you do? What would you do? Oh, that's the first part. Okay. That's the first part. I'll give you the uh, second part after you answer the first part. If I only had seven days left to live, oh, it's, it's so hard to answer. So I probably would spend at least a day, one full day with the, with my kids getting on a plane, going down to Disney World and hanging out in the Magic Kingdom for the day. Uh, that would be one day. I don't know, man. That's... <laughs> it's like it's a lot of time to think about and it's not a lot of time to think about but i also think about all the circumstances of like well i don't want to die yet. <laughs> i don't want to die yet. <laughs> uh, you know uh is everybody dying or just me <laughs> uh, just you oh and, just me okay yeah, it's interesting. Right. you're the first person who's answered it as in like on day one i'll do this on day two i'll do this that's why it probably feels oh. like 
there's a lot of time, but there's not a lot of time, right? So it's really yeah. interesting. I like the way you approach this. Well, I, I think I think I would I think there's a lot of people that I would would want to go and tell, like tell things to. Like things yeah. that now that we've opened up this Pandora's eyes, going back <laughs> to you know, these things playing in my mind, like I I feel like there's some some things that are unresolved that I would I would want to to put out there but then part of me is like nah screw that like they don't deserve some of those people don't deserve it anyway <laughs> if they cared they would have came you know they would have came to me at that point so like the people that i care about there's there's probably things i would want to to see all that all those people definitely go down to disney maybe i would go for more than one day maybe two or three sounds like spend time with your family and yeah the, um... I, I would have a lot of things to, like a lot of things to say that i just i wouldn't say now so i'll give you the second part of the question all right what's the second, it might, second it might be easier for you i don't know the second part of the question is if you only had seven more days left to live but you were in a debilitated state so you couldn't get on a plane you couldn't go to disney world you essentially were just laying in a bed to die but we had your words what is the last bit of advice that you would want to give the world you know going Back to a, being a kid, one thing that my dad makes fun of me from what because I couldn't I couldn't speak that well when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like three years old. Like my son actually has the same issue. My daughter didn't have that issue, but my son has the same issue. You know, I used to say, "Oh, that's not far. Like that's not fair." And I think what I would would want people to know is is like, you know, not everything's going to be fair, but we can do our part to do to do what we can to to make it as fair as possible. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Super Joe. Thank you, Amy. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me, or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.